With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. This is Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill, my political podcast, the view of a moderate from the middle of the road. So uh, give me a minute to just talk about I usually don't. I talk about sports or more precisely, more specifically, the halftime show at the Super Bowl on Sunday. I thought it was fantastic. It was rocking. It was uh, entertaining. And it was interesting that it was all rap. It was rap music, L.A. rap, the L.A. scene. Eminem was the only white guy, but uh, everything was uh, urban music. Uh, and it was, a, I go back to that word, defiant. LeBron James watching, he said it was the best halftime show ever. I don't know about that, but it was damn good. Very entertaining. And it spoke volumes about the NFL, and really about American society. Here's Roadkill. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. Quite a halftime show. Defiant, rocking, relevant. I found it enormously entertaining. The fact that the halftime show was almost entirely black, all black, except for Eminem, I thought reflects the racial reality of professional football. Maybe the uh, the NFL will take a lesson from Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and get more black head coaches. Anyway, it was super cool. I enjoyed every minute of it. And it was a good game, too. A Lombardi trophy for Los Angeles. 23-20 is the final on their home field here at SoFi Stadium in Super Bowl 56. The Los Angeles Rams are world champions. So it was a little weird cheering for the uh, the dogged Bengals and their cool quarterback Joe Burrow against the L.A. Rams. It was made easier by the fact that uh, I took solace in the fact that the people at the party that we were hosting took pains to remind me that uh, the Browns beat the Bengals twice <laughs> last season. So it was symbolic of our lost year that at least we won the Battle of Ohio. Uh, surprisingly, though, uh, we still have basketball. Go Cavs. We'll talk about that um, maybe later in the week as we get closer to the All-Star game. Speaking of great shows, if you've been watching the Olympics, uh, th this young lady, Erin Jackson, making history in the Beijing Winter Olympics, as the first African-American to win a medal in speed skating, the 500-meter sprint. She won gold, no less. We have that call, Rob? And she's really put it together with incredible technique. 10.33, that's in the hut. She's done what she did to in the first 100. Remember, though, Takagi had that incredible lap. Right now, Aaron Jackson just has to get down, sit on those pushes, and really skate deeply. An American woman hasn't won an individual medal at the Olympics since 2002. Aaron Jackson's 100 meters away from the finish. Here she comes, the world number one, headed for the line. Aaron Jackson is into the lead! 
Gold medal. Gold medal. She only started skating five years ago. The sky's the limit for this young lady, Erin Jackson, and what she represents. I mean, wasn't it weird watching the uh, the Winter Olympic team? It, it, I, I hate to be obsessed with race, but it really was kind of stereotypical that uh, you know, all the football players were black and all the skaters were and skiers and so forth were white. But Aaron Jackson was really a, a breakthrough. I, I really enjoyed watching her, and I, I think that she represents a whole new expansion, put it that way, of, uh, of winter sports. So that was, that was pretty cool. What is not cool, and I, I really have to mention this, the, the Canadian so-called truckers' protests uh, they got court orders over the weekend. The Canadians are so nice. They're trying to do this pain-free, which is impossible, because that weakness is just uh, an invitation to more defiance from these protesters. I mean, there are some truckers, legitimate truckers involved, but it's an awful lot of... Uh, you remember Occupy Wall Street? It's a lot like Occupy Ottawa. They did get the order clearing the bridge. I don't know, Rob, do you see any news on that? It, what, I, what I saw, the last thing I saw was the bridge was still not fully operational. Uh, and, and the parts are still not moving across the bridge, the auto parts. We are re- reporting that the bridge is moving right now. Uh, the, the people who are laid off actually locally here, I believe in Elyria, uh, they're still laid off for the week. I think they're, uh, they're they're starting to get everything back and ready to go. I also heard, too, that very quietly they did make some arrests last night of some of these truckers, and and I think that was probably what ended up quelling the whole thing. But hopefully by the you know the next few days we should be getting to something close to business as usual over so there. So which plant is in Elyria? Uh, it's a GM plant. I don't know the name of the plant specifically, but I know they uh, we were reporting, uh, I think, Thursday or Friday that they were uh, laying off people for at least a week. Um, so when they're laid off, they don't get paid? Uh, not that I am aware of, no. So these protesters, so-called, these uh, populist crusaders, are robbing working people of their salaries. It is infuriating to me. It really is. It, it, it so pisses me off. I, I can't begin to tell you. <clears throat> All right, before I talk about this or anything, I want to go through my whole... I have an agenda on this Valentine's Day. First of all, remember Valentine's Day. I mean, I was shocked by the the amount of money that people spend on Valentine's Day. The average person is spending two hundred sixty bucks, something like that. I mean, that's a that's a lot of a lot of money to show you love. Do handmade stuff. That's what I do. I make I draw what? hearts and little cartoon characters and. Of course, they, yeah, they, they really want his jewelry, but uh, that's another story. Well, what surprises me, too, is, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, inflation through the roof, economies, you know, on the brink of whatever here, you know, doomsday, you know, scenarios. And then I hear almost in the same sentence that we're spending more money than ever on Valentine's Day. So if the economy's that bad, I don't know why we're spending the gross national product. Love, of, you know, brother, love. Well, <laughs> I get that, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, let me finish my agenda, and then we're going to go back and uh, we can talk about it. 216-578-1100. Joe Biden in Ukraine. You know, Ukraine, most people never thought of Ukraine until uh, the first presidential impeachment. 
I remember arguing with my neighbors about what was said in the phone conversations between President Zelensky of Ukraine, a former comedian, a TV performer who got into politics, much like Donald Trump, I guess. Uh, but then, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I haven't talked much all weekend. Uh, so anyway, now Ukraine is surrounded by Russians. Russians have already taken part of Ukraine. In 2014, they took the Crimean Peninsula. And they claim, the Russians do, that the Ukrainians and the Russians are the same people. Therefore, it's not really an invasion. It's more like a police action. So what I don't understand, I understand and I absolutely agree with the concept that that we're not going to put a single American soldier at risk in Ukraine. We're not going to participate in a fight that could start a war in Europe. I get that. And I also appreciate that we've been giving small arms and, and some support to the Ukrainian military. But what I don't understand is why did we evacuate our embassy in Kiev, the Ukrainian capital? Why did we cut and run? I understand getting the dependents out, getting women and children out. It's not just women and children now. Anyway, you know what I mean. But why did we evacuate our embassy? And more importantly, why haven't we nominated why hasn't joe biden nominated an ambassador to ukraine it's been a year now i understand probably he doesn't want to he did not want to bring ukraine back in the headlines this is before the russian invasion stuff because of hunter biden and his relationship with certain people in the ukrainian government uh he doesn't want to bring that back up and who got paid off and or or not or whatever happened But now, with Russia surrounding Ukraine, we evacuate our embassy. Why not just the dependents? And why not, instead of evacuating the embassy, you bring in CIA, you bring in Navy SEALs, you bring in troopers from the 82nd Airborne. And they're the the, uh, security at the embassy. That's not an aggressive move. But that's a statement to the Ukrainians, right, that America is not going to just abandon them if the Russians invade. And anyway, it's sovereign U.S. territory and an embassy, I mean, in international law. So presumably the Russians would abide by that aspect of international law. They wouldn't attack our embassy. And even if they did, even if they did, and Americans made a, an, an Alamo, a last stand at the embassy in Kiev, it would at least show that we backed the Ukrainians. I mean, by abandoning the embassy, evacuating all Americans from Ukraine, and not even appointing an ambassador to Ukraine, it shows that the Americans don't really care about Ukraine, doesn't it? Isn't that the message? I don't get it. I, I don't get what... Joe Biden wants to do. I understand that he wants to avoid World War III. Who doesn't? But to give every indication to Ukrainians that 
we don't give a crap or it's not important enough for us. It just is, I, I really have been thinking about it all weekend whenever I wasn't thinking about football or, or the parties and so forth or the snow. See the sun, the sun's out right now? You look outside the window, Rob. Yes, I'm very happy. Uh, it's still it's about gorgeous. four and a half degrees outside, but uh, it, it, at least we got some uh, nice uh, bright blue skies as a backdrop. Yeah, I haven't walked outside yet. But uh, don't. I sent I sent Sol off to uh, to school and Erica to exercise, but uh, it's it's gorgeous out my window. But it, it also, as Rob suggests, it's it's frigid out. So anyway, I'm really very upset about the president leaving the Ukrainians dangling. And there's a hash mark that's trending right now, Ukraine will resist. I mean, what side of history do we want to be on? We, we, do we want to watch as Ukraine resists and then is digested by Russia as, as a satellite nation? Or do we want to at least recognize that Ukraine means a lot to the United States and to free people everywhere, and at least defend our own property. At least do that. I mean, it's uh, it it is very very upsetting to me, but I I I really do think there's still time for Biden to do that. Just send him in in buses and civilian clothes. You don't have to do anything provocative. Just don't abandon our embassy and nominate an ambassador, for God's sakes. And this is my my final topic, and I guess we could talk about this stuff all week. But uh, there's an interesting battle going on now in the Republican Party. And we've seen it acted out here locally with the uh, Anthony Gonzalez, the Republican congressman from Rocky River, who decided not to run for a lot of reasons, but mainly because... Trump was going to primary him, and it, and is actually, but Anthony Gonzalez dropped out and he, he's retiring from Congress, which is, I think, lamentable. But what's happening is that those Republicans that Anthony Gonzalez represents, the kind of middle-of-the-road Republicans, they are kind of flocking to Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader, and uh, Donald Trump, of course, is the flamboyant Mr. Big Shot. And the question is whether Republicans will choose to go mainstream with Mitch McConnell or will continue their devotion to Donald Trump going forward toward the midterm elections. The New York Times, interestingly, because Mitch McConnell has spoken out. Did you find any sound from McConnell? Uh, yes, I did. Here it is. Okay. Well, let me give you my view of what happened January the 6th. And we're all, we're here. We're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. That's what it was. The issue is whether or not the RNC should be sort of singling out members of our party who may have different views from the majority. That's not the job of the RNC. That's the Republican National Committee, and the job that he's talking about, what they did scurrilously, was to censure Liz Cheney, 
the congresswoman from Wyoming, daughter of Dick Cheney, former vice president, censure her, Adam Kinsinger, and a lot of others, all of the others who who uh, were in favor of Trump being impeached for what happened on January 6th. And Mitch McConnell also, interestingly, saying in no uncertain terms, play, play that one more time. Play the, listen to the beginning of this. This is what he says of January 6th. Well, let me give you my view of what happened January the 6th. And we're all, we're here. We're here. We, we, we saw what happened. It was a violent insurrection for the purpose of trying to prevent the peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election from one administration to the next. In no uncertain terms, that this was a violent insurrection to prevent the peaceful transfer of power from one administration to the next. That's Mitch McConnell. That's not a Democrat. That's the leading Senate Republican saying that. So the New York Times says, quote, that this uh, 2022 midterm election represents what could be Republicans' last chance to reverse the spread of Trumpism before it fully consumes their party. Now, I think it's probably too late. I think that Trump has already consumed the Republican Party, and the Republican Party now is the party of Trump. Except that if Mitch McConnell, <coughs> excuse me, and these uh, establishment Republicans, and when he made the statement, he was surrounded by Thune and a bunch of, uh, you know, Republican, Romney. I mean, will the Republican Party try to field candidates that represent the mainstream of the party? Or will they all be the deniers, the people who pretend or who sincerely believe that the election was illegitimate and that Donald Trump won the election? How people come to that conclusion? A lot of smart people. Three-fourths of the Republican Party, one survey I saw, are, consists of people who believe the election was stolen from Donald Trump. Give me a break. Anyway, I don't want to get into that debate. My point is that the Republican Party is going to have like a civil war now because Mr. McConnell finally found some balls and is calling out Donald Trump. Calling him out. Saying that it was a violent insurrection. So I think that that's very, very interesting political news. And now it's your turn. So 216-578-1100, I'll give you your choices. You have the halftime show, which was very defiantly L.A. urban and all rap music. You have the, uh, the difficulty we all had in cheering for the Bengals. But the, uh, the comfort being that at least we won the Battle of Ohio. Go Cavs. We have... Uh... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Aaron Jackson, the black woman, young woman who won the speed skating, heralding a new era in Olympic sports, perhaps. You have this damned protest that caused many thousands of auto workers to be furloughed. And we'll take the first call from Lorraine. Matt is on the line. With you have some information well, about that, Matt? Also, real quick, too, before we get into uh, that, that kind of situation, and the one thing I don't want you calling about right now, I, I misled everybody. A little bit of fake news from me when I said a uh, GM plant was laid off. It's a Ford plant in Avon Lake. We took about four calls on that one. I apologize, but here's Matt and Lorraine. Hi, Matt. Morning, Geraldo. So what's um, on your mind, bud? Oh, a couple of things. You know, I used to really like to listen to you. You know, and you, you know. Now you hate it. Kind of really. Well, I, 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 you know what? I, it really. You know, I have a heart issue, and you kind of don't. Do oh no, man! Anyway. No, <laughs> I don't want to be the cause know. of a heart attack. No, well, I, anyway, I want you to check uh, your pulse before you speak. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, just a real quick thing on, on the uh, auto stuff. You know, those, I used to be an auto a Ford plant worker, and you know, when they're laid off, they get what they call subpay, which is you know a supplemental pay. So the, they're not missing anything. Also, and and uh, one other thing I wanted to get into. Wait, 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 wait. Now, is supplemental pay equal to their weekly salary? It's it's pretty. Uh, when I used to work in the plant, it was. Uh, Whatever unemployment you got, the subpay covered whatever your regular check was. Majority of almost ninety-five percent, I think it was what it was. But I'm not talking out of out of turn. I know what I'm talking about. But they do get paid. So you know, it's not like this thing is putting guys you know in the breadline or something. Anyway, I'm, I'm a little disappointed you didn't mention anything about the, the Durham report this weekend. Oh, yeah, I guess, that's a good uh, idea. Support. I'll do that tomorrow. I wanted to bring that up. I just forgot about it. But I think the Durham report is very important. Very important, the conclusions or the the fact that I, I haven't studied it, so I hesitate to speak about it, but it sounded to me in a first brush that they want to investigate Hillary Clinton and her campaign for fiddling electronically with uh, some documents. And again, I'm, I'm kind of winging it here.
that imply that Hillary was trying to frame Trump with the whole Russian collusion connection. So anyway, I will talk about that tomorrow because I find it very, very interesting. And in fact, I may be talking about it on Hannity uh, tomorrow night. In Illyria, Brandon, what's up, man? Thank you for calling. Well, I want to say, you know, I appreciate the fact that you're the one voice in conservative talk radio that seems to uh, recognize this hyper-partisan gaslighting and call it out for what it is. Um, it, it, it seems like the Republican Party would rather be represented by Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert than, than uh, um, somebody Liz like Cheney Liz Cheney or Adam Kissinger. And, I, and I'm Gonzalez. not just for Liz Cheney in any way, because Liz Cheney sold out her own sister to get elected. So, but um, but the, uh, the 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 complete gaslighting is so ridiculous for us to see and hear and know what actually has occurred and ignore it and pretend that something different happened. You know, I oh, agree, man. I, I'm shocked by it. The Capitol, you know? It's like everybody's suddenly smoking dope. So LeBron James wrote, uh, tweeted, OMG, oh my God, exclamation point, exclamation point. There's about 12 of them. So OMG, wow, 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 a bunch of exclamation points. The greatest halftime show I have ever seen, tweeted uh, LeBron James, the King James. Uh, Charlie Kirk, on the other hand, who a frequent commentator on uh, Fox News, a nice young man, very nice young man, but very, very conservative. He tweeted, the NFL is now the league of sexual anarchy. The halftime show should not be allowed on television. So <laughs> they have two very different I ideas. on. Now, it, yes, it was, uh, you know, in the afternoon or early evening. And yes, uh, there were some children watching, although mostly obviously for for adults and older teens, but there were some children watching, uh, and uh, it was definitely sexual anarchy. I, I thought that was part of the charm of it. Uh, Mary, uh, Mary, Kay, Mary J. Blige and... Uh, uh, 50 and Cent the, was, uh, was, was pretty sexualized, too, but it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, 50 I, Cent, he wasn't on, was he? Yes, he was. He was the one that was hanging up from a... a, a oh, uh, that was him upside down? Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, because the, the joke was uh, millennials were, uh, were, were asking for a, a Tupac hologram, and all we got was an upside down 50 Cent. So it, it is what it is. <laughs> oh, it is. So he, he, but he really was upside down. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, well, in the video for the song 20 years ago, uh, th that's how he was doing most of the videos. So I think that's the homage to that back in the day. But, but isn't it amazing they built that whole house? Yeah. Just in the, in the few minutes they had uh, in the commercial break. Well, and, and yeah, the, the set, you know, and I'm sure they'll, they'll release some video about how they constructed that set in about seven minutes. But uh, the one thing that I really took away from the show was, and you don't get to hear it all that often, I think this was the longest I've ever heard any sort of hip-hop with a live band behind it. Normally it's a DJ just kind of spinning, but the, 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 the live bass, the live drum set, like the actual band, I thought, helped everything and out. no F-words or anything. No. And, and Charlie Kirk just has to calm down. Like, he has to act like he's talked to a girl before. I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's definitely creepy. Yeah. Yeah, just a, a couple of those uh, conservative pundits uh, have that vibe. And they, they just just relax. Just let your hair down, metaphorically. You know, but just... going back to what I said about uh, the, uh, the show itself, I, I'm going to read it again. This is what I started our program with today. The show is defiant, rocking, relevant, enormously entertaining, 
And the fact that it was almost all black except for Eminem reflects the racial reality of professional football. I mean, if you look at professional, the NFL today, aside from the head coaching job, uh, the the league is at least three quarters black now. Seventy-two percent, seventy-three. I think was the last number I so saw. So there, there it is, and it uh, may be the, the fact that you know he was a show that was designed to reflect the reality of it. I thought it was very cool. It was a very cool show. I mean, it was a good game. Did you like the game? I liked the game a lot. I, I didn't like the fact that the referees found where the flags were at the last couple of minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. After not throwing yeah. at all, all game long. And, and there were about three or four penalties that probably should have been called, you know, in the first, what, 58 minutes of the game. And I was actually happy they didn't call for either Me too. side. Me too. But, they let them play. And then all of a sudden, everything became uh, but no, the, uh, the rules-driven. Re- receiver for uh, for uh, Los Angeles Rams, Cooper Cup. I mean, it just uh, a cap of an amazing season. Like They said the receiving triple crown, which is receptions, yards, and touchdowns. He got AP Offensive Player of the Year and Super Bowl MVP. The only guy ever to do that in a career was Jerry Rice, and Cooper Cup did it this season. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, definitely the best, most interesting professional football player. I'm not going to talk sports. That's that's my last sports comment. That Cooper Cup is the most interesting player in the NFL, and he did a, a great job. Great job. Do you think the uh, that Joe Burrow is better than Baker Mayfield? Um, I, I hate to say it, but yes, yes. Uh, I, I, I think Baker uh, or Joe Burrow has a lot of the characteristics that we want out of Baker, and I think Baker wants to see out of himself. But yeah, starting a Super Bowl in two years, uh, there's only a couple of guys that have been able to do that, and it's a pretty short list, and they're pretty great. Court. I know Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson are two of them. So How about Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Tom Brady was actually in, yes, I believe he was in either his second or third year, first full year as a starter. And I think he was the last guy to win a Super Bowl without ever winning a playoff game beforehand. And that's what Matt Stafford just did. So, yeah, I mean, it, it he's going to be a good quarterback. He's going to be somebody that the Browns, Bengals, or the Browns, the Steelers, and the Ravens are all going to have to worry about for the next 15 yeah, years. So. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. He yeah. is in our division. And and the entire team is basically under the age of 26, so they're <laughs> going to be around for a while. Oh, Cincinnati is going to be partying, I, I heard, Wednesday. Yeah. All right, let's go back to politics. Uh, in Macedonia, Tom is on the line. Tom, uh, what are you thinking about? Good morning, Arona. Good morning to you. Today? Well, a couple of things. Okay, when start with one. When this weekend, our representative uh, Jim Jordan was talking about the uh, Hillary debacle with the servers and everything else. I know you you're going to talk about this tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to go big on it. Yeah. Yes, but when Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes was interviewing him, she made him sound like he was a lunatic for saying that he was being spied on. And during this interview um, and the replay of it, Jim Jordan was talking about the January 6th evidence being manipulated and presented to the public in lies by the January 6th committee. Well, if he was impeached because of this from Liz Cheney and some of the Republicans and everything else, and now we're finding out that the evidence isn't exactly what it seems, it seems to me that Trump is being painted with a brush that is re- in reality could be. there's a lot of could truth be. behind what's been said yeah let me let me say about trump you know i i really honor my decades-long friendship with the former president i so ad- admired his scrappiness 
Uh, I so appreciated how well he treated me on Celebrity Apprentice and uh, some of the other professional encounters we had. We used to have fun together. Uh, I, I backed him for re-election, but I, I thought that he went nuts a week by, by a week following the election. When we, last we spoke on November 13th, 10 days after the election, I, I thought that he was still holding on to a faint glimmer of hope that he had won the election, but that he was he also was a realist as he as he said to me in that conversation and if the if he lost he lost that was what I took away from that final conversation I had with him on November thirteenth since then between November thirteenth and January sixth, I thought that he went totally off the deep end, and I really believed that the worst of what his enemies had been saying about him, what Bill Maher had been saying about him was true, that he was not going to give up even if he lost. And I, I really, really, really uh, am very upset and condemn in the, in the harshest terms his undermining of the credibility of the American electoral system for selfish reasons. And I could never vote for him again as a result of the fact that he was willing, in my view, to take down the system rather than admit defeat. So that's what I, I believe. What I also believe, though, is that he has a beef. But his beef isn't in the election. The beef is the fact that the Democrats, from day one, remember, from day one, wanted to impeach him. They had a committee set up to impeach him before he ever did anything. From day one, even before day one, they were ready. They came out full full blast coming out. Russia collusion, collusion. Remember the golden shower and all those uh, salacious things they were saying about him? Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Russian hookers, Russian blackmail. And if this is true, this Durham thing, and I, again, I'm, I'm going to talk about it in great length tomorrow after I've had a chance to really review it. I, I don't want to just wing it. Uh, but I, I will say, if it is true that there is evidence, strong evidence, that Hillary Clinton and or the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, that they attempted to use false evidence or plant evidence of Russia collusion to give the impression that Trump had a a clandestine nefarious relationship with the Russians that Trump had this relationship with the Russians then I, I think that is there's no telling where that will go that's not about subverting the electoral process it's not about you know, whining about an election that they lost it's about something more fundamental it's about trying to undermine the 45th president of the United States, before he even had a day in office, using what could be criminal means to do it. And I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't, the hatred for Trump was so raw that they could have done anything. But again, I, I, I don't want to speak off the top of my head uh, because I, I believe that there's enough emotions. Like uh, in Mento, right now, John is on the line. Uh, John, what do you, what are you thinking about the? You, you want to say something about the elections? I understand. Yeah, Rolla. Yeah, I think you've made up your mind that uh, they're not. They have not been 
fixed or tampered with. Actually, the reality is we don't know if they have been fixed or tampered with. Well, can I can I stop has, you there, John? When you no. say we we do not know, what about the fact that there have been all of these investigations in all of these contested states, Republican and Democrat, and they've found no real evidence of anything like that, John? I have not seen the evidence that you're talking about that they've actually audited the elections. Where is the proof? Well, I think that that. if you you can go state by state, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, time and time again, the Republican state officials say there was no funny business. I mean, how how many times can the officials in Georgia, for example, say that they counted and recounted and triple counted. There's no evidence uh, of the of fixed elections. Hold this a second. No, you're good. no evidence of fixed elections. Moreover, what Trump did in, in whining in Georgia about fixed election is why we, the Republicans, lost the two Senate seats in Georgia, giving the Democrats the majority, the 51-50 majority in the United States Senate. We wouldn't have had any of this nonsense if we had the two Republican senators from Georgia reelected. That was Trump that did that. He caused irreparable harm to the Republican Party. I mean, if you don't want to think about it, because you like the guy, I mean, he's enormously likable. He said, I, I love the guy. But I could never vote for someone who puts himself above the Constitution of the United States. I could not. Where's the proof? All with Giuliani and the other one, Sidney Powell, and all the rest of them. Where's the proof? They go to any grand juries. They get they, they find anything other than the you know. It is remarkable to me that three quarters of Republicans believe the election was fixed because of bogus political rhetoric from people like Charlie Kirk and maybe Jim Jordan. I don't know what Jim Jordan's been saying about the election. I don't know why or if they really are going into Jim Jordan's background. I don't know. I don't know. He seems like a, a nice guy, fiery in his own way, defiant in his own way. I have no beef with Jim Jordan. But I detest the notion that any individual is bigger, more important than the Constitution of the United States. And I think that uh, my favorite Republican right now is Mike Pence. Mike Pence, even though I disagree with him about abortion and a million other things, at least I see, I see him as an honorable man, an honorable person who would not, would not subvert his constitutional role to elevate the loser of the election, Donald Trump, into the back into the Oval Office. All right, so wow, it was quite a start to the week. <laughs> when I woke up, I didn't know what I was going to talk about, uh, but I knew it was Valentine's Day, so I lit a candle for Erica and wrote a little note. I've got to get something for Soul, our 16-year-old, before she comes home from school. I hope you all do the same for your beloveds, beloveds. And I'll see you right here tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Final word, I wanted the Bengals to kick ass in Los Angeles. I wanted them to show those movie star 
L.A. Rams, what the Buckeye State was all about. They did good. They did a, a, an honorable job. Joe Burrow, one of the superstars of the future. Uh, but he, uh, Cooper Cup of the L.A. Rams is the superstar of today, the MVP in the, in the big game. And deservedly so. So we had fun today. I'm Geraldo Rivera reporting Roadkill. Roadkill with Geraldo Rivera. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.